Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I always am. Well, for a few reasons. I'm excited in a somber way. This is week three of the COVID-19 crisis in Calgary. This is the first episode of They Just Get It that we've done through Zoom. So I'm going to welcome my guest, Mr. Brett Colvin. How are you doing, Brett? Pretty good, Tyler. Appreciate you having me today. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm very thankful for the technology and the world that we live in that we're able to keep this keep this rolling. I'm a real face-to-face interview guy, so this has mm-hmm. been a bit of a stretch for me, but I'm very thankful, and I think no more than ever has our, has our community been looking for more stories, more local, more things that are happening, and you and I met in a coffee shop. Um, remember the good old days when you could meet in a coffee shop? <laughs> yeah, it was lovely, yeah. yeah. Two extroverts just going at it over espressos. <laughs> totally, yeah, just hitting and- it off right away. Absolutely. And the ability to be able to pivot, which I love to do face-to-face, but Zoom has really been uh, a fantastic tool. So on that note, Brett, let's, you're the founder CEO uh, of Good Lawyer. So let's start with that. Tell us what Good Lawyer is all about and we'll get into your story. Absolutely. So Good Lawyer is an online platform that matches Canadians with lawyers across the country that offer micro legal services. Um, Micro legal services is a, is a term that we sort of coined, but okay. uh, for for us, the two products that we're focused on right now are uh, little bite-sized pieces of legal help being 15-minute advice sessions that can roll into more and $25 per page contract reviews. So we, we do offer a, a plethora of additional services, but those are the two core micro services that we've been really pushing uh, to try to help fill a void that we see in the market right now. Well, and from our conversation in the past, you've pivoted and tried different things. And it sounds like those we are have, the ones yeah. you landed on where, where the customer, again, always getting as close to your customer as you can, where there was, they clearly saw value. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, uh, we started the platform with more of a kind of Airbnb-esque marketplace where you could go okay. on and peruse sort of common jobs, whether that's an incorporation or a house sale or a will, uh, peruse the lawyers and the reviews and the prices. Um, and that was like a definite improvement on status quo, you know, as opposed to like calling around, getting answering machines, trying to get quotes up front. Um, but where we saw that we could add this tremendous value, this like, you know, sort of the goal is to create this 10 X value with a new product was on these microservices that just can't exist without a platform. Uh, and the reason they can't exist is because there's a lot of administrative, sort of fat, as I call it, um, associated with every file that a lawyer does. There's lost society parameters that they have to meet, whether it's identifying the client, getting a retainer signed, scheduling, getting paid at the end. So there's all these things associated with every file. And it just doesn't make it economical for a lawyer to talk to a client for 40 bucks. Um, good lawyer strips all that away so that lawyers are actually able to provide these micro bite-sized pieces of legal help that fit in in a lot of places where most people are currently priced out. It's an interesting story because it's so, you know, on the show, we've had lots of people come on on this one and on collisions, uh, blatant plug for my other show, Absolutely, <laughs> where yeah. people talk about digital transformation. And it's so easy sometimes to look at it and say, okay, how are we going to just use digital to transform the way we did it? But what I'm hearing from you is you actually looked out there in the market and you said kind of what's, what's wrong, quote unquote, from your, your experience. We'll get into that in a second. And you said, I'm actually going to use technology to actually do it in a different way and offer something that isn't just a digitized version of what we're already doing. Is that what I'm, am I oversimplifying or is that what I'm hearing? No, I think that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. I mean, you know, the fixed fee marketplace that we started with where we were selling products that lawyers already sell. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that was like this uh, incremental improvement on the status quo. But what we found through that exercise and why we pivoted really hard into these microservices was 
these microservices just can't exist without uh, a platform that stream streamlines the whole process. And why I think that the microservices are so important is, you know, roughly 75% of the population can't afford a lawyer when they need one. You know, the three, $400 billable hours is just not tenable for most people. So these bite-sized pieces of legal help open the door to a lot of scenarios where someone someone's looking for a little bit of legal guidance and now they can access it conveniently and affordably. It's so interesting being a business owner, being in business for many years, and sometimes, you know, not being things are tight, things are lean, and you start doing your own contract reviews and you start being, you know, your own armchair lawyer because totally. because that three, four hundred dollars an hour is intimidating. But I'll be honest, what you don't know can hurt you in the legal world <laughs> when you sign with your that. name on something when you don't know what you're signing. <laughs> to with be that, totally blunt. <laughs> totally, without question. And you know, that's kind of how we're positioning it right now. Like we're not we're not really trying to compete with lawyers for the work that they're doing now. We're really trying to grow the pie to access all of these clients that, you know, have legal needs, but the the product on offer right now is just not, it's just not attractive enough. It's just too expensive and they don't see, uh, they don't see the value in it. And that's partly an education thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really well, fundamentally, dra- it's been done the same way for quite a long time. I would imagine, like you're, <laughs> forever, you're like, <laughs> forever, Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> disruption is an overused word, but this is clearly. So, I'm assuming you have um, enthusiasts, and I'm assuming you have early adopters, and I'm assuming you have detractors and naysayers that are like, "Ah, what's this bullshit?" <laughs> to be blunt, anytime <laughs> something new comes in, someone's ready to take a shot at it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll never forget, you know, one of my uh, last experiences at the firm I was at, which was a you know overall a great four years, but. Um, the aversion to change was palpable and, uh, you know, I'll never forget the ending. Uh, <laughs> I was always Mr. Idea guy coming up with, uh, you know, different views on how things could be done or could be improved. And I remember, uh, someone coming to me one day and saying, Brett, you know, keep coming up with your ideas, just keep them to yourself. <laughs> Ah, uh, and there's and there and therein lies the impetus for like screw this. I'm gonna go do my own thing. I was just like, okay, like you guys. <laughs> they gave you no choice, man. They gave you no choice. So hey, yeah. curious. So your background, uh, like, because obviously this is this is the tech play, but you mm-hmm. are you are a lawyer by by trade, by by quote unquote education, if I might be saying. Is that and was that the dream to be a lawyer since you're, you're a little kid watching law shows, like watching um, Matlock? So I'm going way back. You were like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> Honestly, Tyler, it, it couldn't be further from that. Okay. Um, I never dreamt of being a lawyer growing up. I always wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was the MO nice. until I was that's about legit. 15. That's legit. Until I was about 15. And uh, yeah, my dad gave me a kick in the ass and it was, you know, kind of clear to me that that was, you know, I did, I did take soccer away, played in college and that kind of thing. But okay. uh, the professional dream, you know, wasn't very realistic. Uh, so that's when I, that's actually when I started to really fall in love with running businesses. And the fact that I became a lawyer was really a function of uh, my mom always pushing school big time mm-hmm. and me finishing my undergrad and deciding that I did not want to be an accountant. Uh, and then sadly, my dad passed away around that time and he was really pushing law. Um, so oh, I, interesting. Didn't have, okay. I didn't have a better alternative. I mean, going to law school seemed like it was a pretty good idea. So had the grades, so I yep. uh, I went for it. Um, <laughs> I love it. Seems seems like a good idea at the time, and you know, it's it. You're, 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 no one's ever going to look at you and say you were wrong. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, for, I, no, I was like, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like, oh, this, like, this, yeah. you're this young bucks on the right track. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 
and you know i think i think law school was very divided in that sense there there was the bucket of people that were like i want to be a lawyer my dad or my mom was a lawyer like you know they always wanted to go that track but there was also a big bucket of people that you know were pretty bright pretty good at school but didn't really yep. know what they wanted to do and so they they landed in law school I know some amazingly successful business people. They're like, oh yeah, like I was on a call this morning and two two or three of the people on the call were all lawyers, but none of them practice law. They all oh, are right. entrepreneurs, business like one's in healthcare, one's in ag tech, or I forget, the other one's in technology pure. Uh, it's just interesting. And someone's like, well, what's with this lawyer? They're like, that was just a thing. I, that was like kind of like talking to yourself. You know, these guys are 20 years later in their careers, but they're like, yeah, I did that. Never intended to work there. Gave me a good backbone to understand business and I moved on. It's kind of the way they, it's funny, just this morning I was on that call. Totally. Um, and, and for me, I don't know if it was so much the the business learnings. I, I've been, you know, running little businesses since I was a kid, but nice. the, just the learning how to think like extremely logically and work through problems. I definitely mm. took some skills out of law school that uh, I have no doubt will will help me as I uh, continue my entrepreneurial journey. So what were some of the other entrepreneurial ventures? Like, is it, is this the first one of this scale or was there, you know, hey, you're a young guy, but you know, again, these days that doesn't mean anything. How many exits have you had? How many multi-million dollar exits have you had up to this point? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to say we'd have a few, but uh, no, they were a little smaller scale. My first business that I can remember, uh, I had my little brother working for me. He was about two and he was picking up golf balls and I was selling them. Nice. Uh, well, that, we're we're going uh, to call that hustling. <laughs> yeah, that elevated into, you know, running a landscaping company uh, for a few years, uh, you know, towards the end of high school and through my undergrad. And then uh, the first, like, real business that I, like, when I, like, you know, had a bunch of employees and that kind of thing, uh, I ran one of those college franchises, University First Class Painters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right with, with one of my buddies up in Edmonton. And we did that for a summer and absolutely killed it, made a ton of money. Had nice. you know probably the best summer of our lives, and it was it was after that experience that I had, and that was right before I went to law school. But even after that experience, I knew that like I needed to run a business again. I didn't know what it would look like, but I knew that I needed to run a business. At some Interesting. Point. So you had it. Were your parents? I know you mentioned your mom was big on school. Did you did you come from an entrepreneurial background, kind of running small businesses, or is that something you just kind of got into? Because I know sometimes people are born into it. Other times they just get inspired by it and get the bug and can't can't not. Hmm. Uh, granddad, Brad, that was my, uh, my dad's father. He was, he was the entrepreneur of the family. Okay. Uh, lots of highs and lows. My dad was a stockbroker. My mom was a psychologist. So there was not any real immediate entrepreneurs, yep. but me and my granddad get along really well because we both definitely have the bug. Nice. Ah, oh, that's awesome. There's always somewhere in the middle or somebody influential in our lives that, you know, to have it as a grandfather, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool figure to have in your life to, you know, maybe the entrepreneur gene skips a generation. I haven't seen the science on that, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I felt lucky cause I got, I got hit, I, you know, I got the entrepreneurial bug from, from him and from that side, I think without question, but I also got the like work ethic and, you know, seriousness and, um, academic kind of side that yeah. I think plays really well into what we're doing now from my mom's side. So it was kind of, uh, I think I got a little bit of the best of both worlds in that regard. Uh, well, we're some of the parts, right? So, yeah. so you're at you're at you're at your firm. You're you're you know a couple of you did, did your you did your articling and your did you do everything at the same firm? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was at one of the the national firms. Uh, their office here in Calgary. Okay. Um, our, our summer there, articled there, uh, worked there for another three years. One of which I spent out in Vancouver. Oh, nice. With one of one of our big clients, um, which was an awesome experience. And also kind of gave me the distance from starting to build my practice in Calgary 
gave me the distance to really kind of rethink about where I wanted to take my career. And it was actually when I got back from Vancouver that uh, Good Lawyer really kicked off. Oh, so, so how long were you still, you know, and this is always the question, my business partner always jokes, like, it's easy to be entrepreneurial while still getting a paycheck. The moment that all of a sudden it's for real and it's on you. So curious, how long did you kind of, you know, put in the 18 hour days of, you know, do the job in the day and then work on a good lawyer at night before you actually made the transition? Because I know that's a tough, that's a tough move for a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes. Oh, definitely. Especially when you have like a fat six figure figure salary coming from the law firm, you know, it's yes. definitely hard to walk away. Yeah, from. yeah, no, that, that could, that could create a good set of golden handcuffs pretty quick. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, but money was never a huge driver for me. So that wasn't too big. I mean, obviously the lifestyle was nice, but it wasn't the be all end all. I'm, sure. you know, I'm 30. I don't have any dependents. So I, I have, a, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I have tremendous flexibility. Um, but to answer your question, we, we built the first version of good lawyer for about a year. Okay. Uh, my co-founder and I moved, when I got back from Vancouver, we moved into an apartment together, hired, uh, Parker, who's now our CTO, uh, hired Tom, who's now our, uh, chief product officer. And they worked out of our apartment. We, oh, know, that's awesome. You guys got a good, you guys got a good solid startup story. <laughs> oh yeah. They like, they would, they would come over and they'd work out of the apartment, you know, from about 10 to 10, me and Steve would be at the office till about five or six, sometimes later. And we'd come home and we'd, you know, hash out how the day went and plan for the next day. And we did that for almost a year. And then take it finally out, got take to out the all place. the two, the empty two liter Pepsi and Coke bottles. <laughs> uh, yeah. Diet, diet, we're more diet Coke guys, you know. Okay. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've never, I've never known many like developers who, who will really hunker down. Don't have some type of caffeinated product sitting not, not far from them at the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Parker's Parker's pretty easy to please. Tom's <laughs> Tom, Tom's a bit more of a foodie. Um, <laughs> nice. So you guys spent about you guys spent about a year. Um, yeah. How did you how did you guys fund it? Like where like did you guys like bootstrap the whole thing? Yeah. So Steve and I funded it at first. We each put in uh, a bit of our own money, not a lot, uh, just enough to be eligible for the Alberta Investor Tax Credit. Okay. And that's how we. And then we got a government grant to help with some development right off the bat. Oh, excellent. Um, okay, good. So that's how we funded it for about the first year, and then towards the end of that first year, uh, Parker in particular was getting antsy uh, to put the product out into the market because it was still kind of in the shadows and uh, we were able to go out and raise uh, a quarter million dollars that really kind of kicked us, kicked us off. Okay, so how and, long and, and how, gave how, us the flexibility to, to leave the firm and, and really take a go to, to lean in. So uh, what, what year did you guys start this? Let's, let's just create a little bit of a timeline. Uh-huh. Uh, so we started in, I mean, it really, the good lawyer was uh, incorporated long, long ago, but it just sat on the shelf for about two years Okay. So it really started in uh, 2018. Oh, nice. So you guys are only a couple of years in until in terms so this is fairly early days to, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So it was about a year, yeah. about yeah. a year kind of in the shadows, um, building that first version. Uh, and then, yeah. So about a year working out of the apartment and then we left the firm and I've been running full time for just right now. Okay, nice. So two years, like, how's the journey been? Any like dark days? What are we doing? Like, oh my God, give my head a shake. Or has it been pretty just like, this is great. We're going to stick with it. Like, let's be, let's be honest. We're all human. And there's, it's a roller coaster being, like you said, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. How's the journey been for you? Has it all been nothing but green lights or is, is there some reality, some left hooks in there somewhere? <laughs> oh, there's definitely some left hooks for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I think it all started, uh, back in law school, I think it was my second year. I was writing a paper on 
happened, it happened to be a bit serendipitous. I was writing a paper on access to justice and learning about this huge um, gap in terms of legal services for most people. And then I bumped into an old friend I had, I met in uh, my undergrad, this old guy named Mo, He's, he owned a coffee shop at the university. And uh, I told him what I was up to at law school and he just got all sullen and looked at me and was like, you know, make sure you remember to be a good lawyer. And he oh, was nice. really, you know, that's, oh, that's he was, awesome. it wasn't a competency thing. He was, you know, like be a good lawyer and that kind of resonated. And so I bought the domain in second year law school and sat on it for about six years without any idea what we'd be doing with it. That's awesome. Um, one of the and many, then, many, many URLs that we all that we've all bought through an idea that you guys that you actually brought to life. That's that's a good story. Yeah, yeah it gave, just, gave you the stern be a, be a good lord, be a good guy. Like well, that's no, exactly that's awesome. what. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah, yeah. Good. I love it. Uh, yeah, definitely a little indebted to Mo for the name because uh, yeah, we've definitely gotten some pretty good feedback. That's great. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good origin story too? I can picture him now. You can almost yeah yeah I can see it. <laughs> well, and people are like you know they're like why not great lawyer and I'm like. Nobody wants to pay for a great lawyer. They just want a good one. Absolutely. And even you think about it, like, oh, he's a great guy. It's like, no, he's just a good guy, man. He's solid. He's a good, he's a good guy. There's just something, there's just something solid about that term. I like it. I'm, I'm, Matt, it's yeah. funny. It's just like, it's like, it's like quickly, you know, it's like people just say it in sentences. It's like, oh, do you know a good lawyer? Like no one's ever like, do you know the best lawyer? Like they're always just looking for a good one. Yes. You know, both morally and competent and affordable, like the whole kind of mixture. Um, so that's how it kind of kicked off definitely some hurdles in the early days on just knowing like how to start mm -hmm. neither steve or i had a, had a clue on how to build a tech company uh and then we were fortunate uh we got selected to do this free road mapping workshop with uh, a guy named mike borthwick uh and that really kind of opened our eyes to like okay you know sharpie page yeah let's let's put out like some you know general ideas and like start from there in terms of mapping out the you know, what the roadmap was going to look like. Um, so that really kind of kicked us off. Parker had experience building a couple of his own apps. So, you know, he really kind of took charge when it came to development, which has been okay. amazing. Um, Cause that's an area that I like, I will self admit, like I'm not very tech friendly, which is funny to be the CEO of a tech company, but. I think uh, that's a great example. Cause so many times people will look at you and say, Oh, you must be good at all these things. If you're running this company, it's like, well, no, not necessarily. My goal is to bring it all together, get the right people at the table. I think sometimes it's an illusion as the entrepreneur of the startup that you have to be good at all those things. You know, I'm hearing you say that loud and clear. I'm good at, I'm like, I'm good at a few things, but I think the thing that I'm, I'm particularly good at is, uh, people motivating and aligning interests. And I was, you know, I was chatting with a guy that, is going to be coming more into the fold with us here soon out of Vancouver, uh, a guy named Brock, who um, has a lot more experience than me in building startups. That's for sure. He was one of the first uh, employees at Jobber, if you've heard of them out of yep. Edmonton. Yep. Um, and he's just a rock star. And I was chatting with him yesterday and I was like, I feel like I'm the GM. Like yep. I, I'm not the quarterback. You got to bring in the like, star I would, players. I would, yeah, be, yeah. I would be a shitty quarterback. I'm the GM. And I just got to, you know, and find like, where can we find these talented people? And how can I convince them to buy into this crazy idea? <laughs> I love it. It's, it is. It's, it's the ringleader that kind of brings everyone together. And, uh, and, and everyone who's everyone who's expert at what they do more than you are. Yeah, totally. And I, I like I feel so lucky because my team right now is a bunch of rock stars. Like they are so good. Um, and I, I wish I could say they make my life easy. Running a startup is never going to be anything close to easy. 
High but, performers don't always make your life easy. They make your life better in the long run, but they don't always make your life easy in the moment. <laughs> totally. No, but they, but they make the dream possible. And, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a wicked team right now. Oh, congrats, man. So, and you're pretty small right now. You said you're at, there's four of you right now. Uh, no, no, there's, uh, <laughs> so I was just keeping tab. There's, there's, there's about four of us full time. Okay. And then there's about another eight people helping out off the side of their desks or in awesome. one way or another. Um, and you know, the cap table has got about 20 people on it and I, and I consider all of those sort of, you know, at a minimum good lawyer hustlers. So nice. we're, we're building, we're building a small army over here. Oh, that's all. And, and is this like, do people get it? Like, I'm just saying, thinking you you obviously have a lot of people bought in, you have people supporting you. Like to me, when you sat down with me, like after five minutes, like it, it's, it's, it's an easy, it's a very gettable idea. And it, you immediately go, Oh, this makes sense. Kind of that almost why isn't someone done it sooner kind of thing. Has Affordable there been like, to easy to access legal services? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, any questions? No, no, I, I, I got it. Um, it's trickier than said, you know, it's, it's not, it's easier said than done, but yeah. Fair, fair enough. I'm not minimizing the, it at all. Hmm. The purpose, though, is like very easy to understand, and it's something that people are looking for. Hey, curious, um, how do you vet? And if you, this is a secret sauce, you don't have to tell me. I, 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 but, I, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question. How do you make sure everyone you connect with are "quote unquote" good lawyers? Every lawyer on our platform uh, has been vetted by me. So, okay, you guys uh, are doing a very kind of kind of one to one kind of approach. Yeah, because you know one lawyer can uh, help a lot of clients. So, you know, our focus right. has not been on signing up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lawyers across Canada. And we're very selective of the lawyers that we, we let on the platform and then even more selective of the lawyers that we fit into um, our microservice channels. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So it's a very, it's a very curated, like I'm thinking about this as a, as a company is like, ah, I'm just going to get stuck with anybody. Not that that's the case. Absolutely not. You guys have taken, you've really put the discipline into vetting out to make sure that it is quote unquote I mean, good lawyers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the most recent lawyer that we signed up and got like fitted in a big way into our microservices uh, was a woman named Kaylee. She used to work at the firm that I like the, the national firm I used to work at, mm -hmm. uh, but she was out in Vancouver and she worked at Herschel for a few years as like their number two lawyer, you know, the like bag, like Herschel, yep. um, which is a huge operation. And then she decided to move to Squamish with her husband. And now she's, you know, living a little more relaxed life working remotely, but she is like top caliber and you can talk to her for 40 bucks, which is like insane. And she's got, and, and the trade-off is she's also, she's being able to get compensated accurately, but live the exact lifestyle she wants to live. So it touches into so many places our society's headed about where lifestyle is important, but I still want to do the thing I do and offer the value that I have in terms of knowledge. Interesting. It's, it's like pretty easy, I think, for most people to understand how, uh, you know, how big sort of the access problem is that most people can't afford a lawyer. You know, lawyers are unattainable most of the time, like in terms of getting help with your everyday stuff. Um, but what people don't recognize, because like, how would you if you're not in that world, is how much extra capacity lawyers have yeah, and how much time, how much time lawyers spend, especially in the small shops and solo lawyers who are our focus, um, how much time they spend just running their business. And a huge piece of that is marketing and finding new clients. Um, and so we help them with that in, in a way that, you know, makes it insanely easy for them. And because of that, they're willing to offer their services at a hugely discounted rate. Uh, 
Yeah. Makes a ton of sense because it's kind of the curse of the professional services person is when you're doing the work, you're not getting business and you finish a big project and then you've got to go back to lead gen and it's not necessarily what you want to do anyways. And maybe 20 years, once you build up a reputation, your phone's always ringing, but at the start or even in the early days of your career, most technical professionals I know, the, the growing, the, the, the sales part is the part they like the least. That's certainly been my experience. Very few people, myself not included, uh, went to law school <laughs> so that they, they could go out and sell stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just not the MO of most of them, but they're yeah. thrust into this. All of a sudden you all, you know, you have, you have to be a lawyer, which requires, you know, kind of constant education and like, you know, really being top of your craft, but then you also have to be an entrepreneur. And like, that is a huge ask, especially for someone that isn't, you know, built to be an entrepreneur, because I think that's kind of a very unique breed of person. Yes, it's become very popular recently, but it doesn't mean that everyone should sign up for it, for sure. It takes an well, interesting set of skills. Just like not everyone should be a lawyer or an, or an engineer or an accountant, it still is a chosen path that has very distinct requirements. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And they're very vague <laughs> for entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then just insert dot, dot, dot afterwards. <laughs> and just to really hammer this point home, you know, the stats that we have, because right now we're just in Canada, but we're certainly looking to move into the States in the next, okay. you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, in the States, everything's a bit more exacerbated. So these problems aren't quite as big in Canada, but they're very close. Uh, but in the States, you've got 40% of lawyers run solo, sole practices by themselves. And those guys average 20% utilization. So they make money one day a week. And then four days, they try to figure out, you know, how to find new clients and how to run their business. And those guys average, yeah. they average, you know, it's not, it's not nothing, but they average 65 K a year. And a third of them have side hustles that are not legal related. The biggest be, the biggest being Uber driving. So it's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting on so many levels. So from, and I think it's so easy to, to oversimplify it when you, when as just as just everyday person, you watch TV, you see these big glamorous legal shows, but to hear what's really going on and where the industry actually is at and the value that you can add, that's an interesting value proposition for sure. Well, and it just opens the door. Like it creates, like that's why a platform like Good Lawyer can, you know, open the, unlock basically all of this like bite-sized, smaller legal help Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, most people are looking for because they can't afford the traditional, you know, sort of Rolls Royce treatment. And, and and be honest, and they don't necessarily need it. Like it's not a requirement. <laughs> when the alternative is nothing, you know, yeah, that's yes. one of our kind of pitches is like, you know, we're not trying to compete with lawyers head to head on the services they're providing. We're trying to partner with them to grow the pie. So clients mm. stop asking their uncle Larry for legal advice and they call a good lawyer. <laughs> is, that, is that uncle Larry in our, in our world? It's like, Oh, you know, your, your friend's, your friend's kid who lives in his basement, who's going to build your website and all your branding for you. So every industry has their version. Yours is Larry. Totally, totally. <laughs> so yeah. curious. We're in, we're in what is week three in Calgary specifically, obviously globally, it's been going for longer. This, the, the crisis, the pandemic COVID-19, how is something like this and all of the ramifications that are being caused in the business community? What do you guys see? Is this you guys right place, right time? It's all of a sudden the stars are aligning. How do you see the, the, this, the quote unquote new normal? I don't know. I keep saying that. I hate that sign. The future is showing up faster than we all planned. How's that affecting you guys? <laughs> I like that better too. Yeah. New uh, normal is I'm just tired with people saying the new normal. <laughs> I know it's like best life. And I hate that. Even though yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm living it, but I don't like saying it. Um, <laughs> I definitely will not put that hashtag on our post. Hashtag best please, life, Matt. We're doing it. <laughs> please, please don't do it. Yeah. I'll guarantee you. Uh, I will not. If I ever do, it's with cynicism, <laughs> but you better hashtag good boy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right. Done deal. Um, all right. Done deal. 
so, I mean, you know, it's tough. Like it's tough both from a business perspective and, you know, probably for us more from a personal perspective, like it's impacting everybody else. You know, I think I mentioned before we started recording, I'm a huge extrovert. So being cooped up alone in the house all the time is, it's not the best. These video calls make it a bit easier, but you yes, know, it does, but I hear you. I do. I do miss that social interaction uh, deeply. Um, that being said, you know, I think we are for, uh, employers, employees, landlords, tenants who have been impacted by COVID. Um, and then we p- also put together some resources and we've actually uh, now enlisted the UFC law and some other lawyers in our network to help start putting together some FAQs and, you know, just trying to make this information as accessible as possible to help people. Okay. Your, your audio cut out for a second. I'm just missed the first part of your offer. So you guys are, you guys are putting some very specific things together to help the community. Sorry, your, your, your audio cut out for like literally 20 seconds no is when you started that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to miss that because I, I think it's really critical because never, I don't think has community been more important than it is right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was saying, you know, the crisis has been difficult for us personally and as a company, you know, working remote mm-hmm. isn't um, my ideal scenario, but, you know, it's something that, you know, I think collectively we understand that, you know, as, as a Canadians and, you know, more generally across the world, that stuff, it's something that we have to do right now <laughs> to, to help everybody. Um, and so Good Lawyer, to help combat this, has uh, put together some free offerings for employers, employees, landlords, tenants, dealing with uh, legal issues related to COVID-19. Um, okay. So, you know, we're, we're, right pretty, we're a young startup and we don't have like buckets of money, but, you know, we, we felt that paying for these services for people in the short term um, was the right thing to do and, you know, would set us up for success down the road as well. Um, because you know, good we, for you guys. That's great to hear. I, lo- I that's the one, again, one of the, the, it's hard to say positive in such a negative time, but I've seen a lot of little from, from larger companies doing it to smaller companies. I almost think it's more meaningful when smaller companies do it. Cause you're, it's really coming from the heart when people are reaching out and offering things to the community. I think it's great. Yeah. And you know, I, I actually posted on my LinkedIn, uh, the other day, a call to action of other lawyers to, to do the same thing. And I would, you know, like to repeat that on this podcast is, you know, if you're a lawyer okay. listening, you're in a position to help a lot of people. And, you know, I think, I think by being proactive and and not worrying necessarily about the billable hour right now, when there's a lot of people in crisis is going to pay a lot for your, for your brand, you know, in the future. And is again, just the right thing to do. So um, I'm hoping, you know, we're, we're trying to do the little piece that we can do as a small startup um, but I, you know, also hope that there's a lot of lawyers out there that are, you know, doing a little more pro bono than they ordinarily would given the, the crazy times. Cause people are like right now, there's you know so many questions and not enough guidance and not enough advice. Cause arguably we don't have the answers, but together, maybe we can come up with at least a strategy to get us through another week, another two weeks totally, you know, until we totally. see and, what it looks like. And I mean, if you're looking for a, a trusted source, like we're, we're working hard to keep a, a daily updated resource page that you can find off uh, goodlawyer.ca. So I encourage you to check oh, nice. it out. Okay. Excellent. Good for you guys. There's so much information floating out there and right now getting to something you can actually trust and like, okay, I'm going to make decisions based on this as a business owner. That's critical. Because, man, you can get pulled in 10 different directions depending on which newscast you happen to watch that day. Well, yeah, I've got a pile of law students and some lawyers overseeing it. So, you you know, we're just we're trying to distill that information so it can be a trusted source that, you know. Oh, nice. Embedded from a legal perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not the riffraff that you can find kind of all over the Internet. Like, we're going to send you to the source. 
Nice. So fast forward a couple of months, you know, I make the comment like the, f- the future is showing up. It's just showing up faster than we planned. Do you see where your business is positioned in terms of as we get used to working remotely or get, I, I was on a call yesterday with a client. They said, Hey, listen, like more than ever, we don't care where your resources are. If you have a good resource in London that you want to get on to help us with our work, we don't care. Where probably a month ago, some of their team would have been like, hey, when can you come to the office? Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how quick already I'm seeing companies pivot. Like if you've got a smart person, we don't care where they are, get them on the video call. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you guys see that positively affecting your business in in the short term and long term? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of touched on it earlier, but law has been historically one of the most traditional industries. And I can attest from my own experience that, you know, it it is a slow moving ship and it does not turn very quickly, but being forced to work remotely, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it has, you know, propelled, I'm sure a ton of lawyers into a scenario that, you know, made them uncomfortable and they just didn't see the need Whereas, you know, they've been forced to do so now. And I think that the adult, I think once they've, you know, tried it, it, it's going to be hard to go back. Um, I I do think that this type of uh, connection um, is not going anywhere and is going to be extremely accelerated because of the current scenario. No, and I think it's very real the fact that we're, you know, if this lasted a week or two, we might slip back. But again, I don't have a crystal ball. It's not going to last a week or two. It might it might be more like a month or two. So that creates a lot of new habits. That changes behavior. What is it, 30 days to get a new habit? We're being forced into our 30-day habit changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I haven't thought about it in the habit change sense, but that's totally true. Um, what's, like what it is, or not. Yeah, What what is your best guess as to how long this is going to last? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, what, what was my, about a week and a half ago, they, they were saying four to six weeks till they expected a peak in Alberta specifically or in Canada overall. And I think that we're about, we're about a week and a half into that. So based on that, like if we're back to normal pseudo, pseudo normal, whatever that is, I'm thinking like June, early June would be the earliest is my crystal ball. Like, I think this is going to be April, May, we're going to be in these conditions. Maybe the last couple weeks of May, you might see some positivity turn, but in terms of back to the office, quote unquote, and normal work, like end of May, beginning of June to me would be optimistic at this point. That's all the predict. That's all my predictions I'm willing to make. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I was just curious because I do think that, uh, I just think that people continue to underestimate it. You know, there's like that hopeful bias that, you know, they hope things will go back to normal. We hope that, you know, this craziness will end, but I can see this lasting till, you know, the end of summer. I know. I know. That's the, I think that's the more realistic. And I think, you know, the old joke, hope is not a strategy. Well, everyone really wants it. I can't want it to be better. I can want it to be better, but I can't wish it to happen. Like that's the, yeah, exactly. and the realities of the healthcare. And when you see what's happening in this US and I know we're, we're right in the middle now. So this will be aired in a few weeks. So we'll, 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 we will, we could be completely right or completely wrong, but um, I don't know. I, th- I think we need to buckle down and embrace services like what you are offering because this is not, this is going to be our future for a while. And I think it also creates a better world down the road. So I saw it was exciting. I was actually really thought our timing of having you on and compared to when we booked it was even more because it's, it's services like this. that are no longer as a secondary option. They're becoming our primary option. I think that's pretty exciting for the world. Yeah. Our only option in some scenarios, you know? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, the good old just pick up a phone and do your billable hour that way. But so many people are also need legal advice right now and need guidance and support because it's easy to feel very alone. To your point, I'm home, I'm isolated. I'm a business owner. I could be a small entrepreneur with only a couple staff. I'm, I'm very, I feel very fortunate. I have a small, I have a leadership team. We got on calls and I've got multiple perspectives, but I'm the island of one guy running my own business or gal. 
I man, having somebody I can reach out to for support or just to look through a document before I say yes or no to something, totally. I think that's really critical right now. And as as can get, you know, I'm I'm very aware of the mental health and the the strain that people are being put under just in their human life. Add running a business in that that's being crippled right now, and man, that's that is super real. Super real, like you know, hard to get more real than that. And uh, you know, we've been feeling tons of questions from business owners that you know, to, for lack of a better phrase, are freaking out because yeah. you know they've got to shut down, they've got to lay off staff. Like, you know, what are the ramifications of that? How are their staff? You know, how are their staff going to pay rent? That's that's kind of the shoe that's going to be dropping. You know, tomorrow or is, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, you'll see some good lawyer news on that as well, but. Uh, I look forward to it. We've got two different landlords, one in Toronto, one in Calgary, one large, large, land, large ownership group for across Canada. They are very communicative. The smaller landlord in Toronto just is choosing not to respond to anything. So it's really interesting. Even like, what do we do? Is it, you know, reviewing our agreement, seeing where our liability is. Do we hold back? Do we pay? Anyway, it's just all these questions. And that's just one set of questions you're dealing with in a day well, as a business owner. And again, you know, my I think second or third plug now. Check out the, the Good Lawyer Resources page uh, tomorrow, well, and we're going to have a ton of tenant and landlord questions answered on there. Oh, that's absolutely. So, hey, blatant plugs. I am all about supporting things that add value to people. How do people get a hold of you? Can they chat with you directly? You know, Good Lawyer, that's a pretty easy thing. Pretty easy to remember. I'm assuming it's goodlawyer.com. Is that correct? Goodlawyer.ca. Sorry, I should have checked before. No, Goodlawyer.ca. No, no problem. Any other any ways that people can get, get a hold of you or reach out? Or what if there's some lawyers that are like, hey, I really want to jump on board with this thing. It sounds really interesting. How do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. I mean, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, probably just flipping me an email, which is brett, B-R-E-T-T, at goodlawyer.ca. Um, okay. I'm always always happy to take that kind of um, feedback and uh, hear from you know people that are interested in what we're doing. Ex, ex, excellent. And uh, online, I'm assuming you mentioned Instagram. Are you guys on Instagram? Are you on? I know you're. On, I know you're on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, yeah. We're on uh, Instagram at Good Lawyer Inc. Uh, we're on Twitter at the same. No, we're we're all over the place. <laughs> nice. These days, it's yeah. It's it's not if it's where and how many mm-hmm. different channels. Well, Brad, thanks for coming on and telling your story. And I appreciate hearing the journey because I think it's inspiring for so many people that are deciding like, hey, what's my future look like? I don't know. Undetermined hearing these inspiring stories, but also for what you do. And I man, I thought it was a good idea when I heard it when I met you two months ago. I think it's a really good idea considering the reality of the world we're in right now. So kudos to you, man. And let, let me know if there's anything I can do to help along the way and happy to get your story out there. Awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you again having me on today, Tyler. And you know, I'd say the same to you. I think uh, you're a bit of an inspiration yourself. And I think you know, just deciding to pick up podcasting on the side of your, you know, major agency <laughs> business and, and really crushing that is, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a good lawyer show sooner rather than later. Ah, look, well, hey, let, let, I, I think that when, whenever we can go for a beer again, let's go for a beer and talk about it. You're on. <laughs> Sounds good, my friend. Awesome, man. Thanks. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper. 
please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, it's on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows, and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening, and have an awesome day. Thank you.